Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal. My soul test this morning, Lord. Lord, I am glad to come into your presence again this morning. Scripture says to enter your gates with thanksgiving, to come into your courts with praises, to come into your presence with thanksgiving and with praises. And so, Father, I say thank you. Thank you for the gift of life this morning. Thank you for the gift of your mercies. Thank you because your mercies are new again this morning. Scripture says that great is your faithfulness. Thank you for every single gift in our lives. For the gift of love, we say thank you. For the gift of your son, Jesus, we say thank you. For the gift of the Holy Spirit, we say thank you. For every single blessing in our lives, we say thank you. Father, we worship you as the one who is sufficient, sufficient for all things. You are not just sufficient for all things, you are sufficient for all times, from everlasting to everlasting. Scripture says you remain the same. You are God Almighty. Be glorified again this morning in the precious name of Jesus. Lord, as we read our Bibles again this morning, we ask for wisdom and understanding. We ask, Father, the Lord, you will help us to glean wisdom from your word. Help us to practice these things in our lives and cause your name to be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining into devotion this morning. I am Morphe Eyenike. All right, so we continue reading our Bibles. We were reading, or we are currently reading the book of Ephesians, and we set ourselves a, ta- a target to finish reading through the New Testament in three months. We're in the last month of the year. And we are currently in the book of Ephesians. Yesterday, we stopped on chapter 4, chapter 4, verse 7. I'll read verse 7 again, and then we continue reading. We'll finish the book of Ephesians and take the, the introduction of Philippians today. Okay, so that allows us to quickly, quickly go through, go through the book of uh, Philippians very, very, very quickly from tomorrow. Don't worry, I promise you uh, we will get through as <laughs> someone has been asking me again and again. Pastor, are you sure? Are you sure? Yes, I am sure. Remember yesterday, it says there is, there is one Lord from verse 5. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. Amen. A big thank you to everyone joining in again. I do not take your commitment for granted. God bless you. God bless you. So from verse 7, it says, However, he has given each one of us a special gift. He has given each one of us a special gift. 
through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scripture says, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. When he ascended to the heights, he led, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. This was actually, it was David who quoted this. That's Psalm 68 verse 18. Okay, David prophesying about, about the Messiah. He gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Now, these are the gifts. Remember, it says that, look, he gave, he gave every one of us. Verse 7, however, he has given each one of us. Each one of us has a special gift. Now, go back to so go back to 11. Since now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. So does it mean all of us will be in this five five um ministries that are stated or gifts that are stated here no no however all of us have been given gifts but verse 11 used to be read wrongly if you compare this with the with the king james version you will see that there there was a mistake there okay there was the mistake in the joining of verse 11 and verse 12 because reading from this new living translation you will understand that verse 11 says that these five gifts their responsibility is verse 12 to equip God's people to do the work and build up the church every one of them offers because of the work that we have been given have been given gifts so if you read the book of Romans I think it's Romans chapter 12. You read 1 Corinthians chapter 12 also. You will see the other gifts. The gifts of giving, for example, leadership, administration. Okay, each one of us has gifts. Okay, so you don't have to okay, insist, oh, I must be, if I am not one of the, of the five mentioned here, it means I don't have, I don't have a, a ministry gifts. Okay very important 11 now these are the gifts christ gave to the church the apostles the prophets the evangelists and and the pastors and teachers their responsibility their responsibility these five their responsibility is to equip god's people to do his work in other words all of god's people have also been called to do god's work to do God's work is his ministry, is his service. That's what it means. So every single child of God is a minister, is a servant of God. That's exactly what it means. He says their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work 
and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. It's God's purpose that we will not be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will, now, we will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. So, the goal of these five ministries is to prepare the people of God to do the work of ministry. As we do that, okay, um, something will be happening. Each one of us continues to grow. We will not be immature, but we will grow gradually to become more, every, it says, every way more and more like Jesus, like Christ. We will become more and more like Christ. So I love this book by Billy Akonin, Becoming Like Jesus. Wonderful book, okay? So we, the goal is to make each one of us grow into the stature, grow into the image of Christ. That's the goal of the purpose of all of these five purposes. And if they are not doing that, then they are not doing what they are called to do. It is more and more like Christ who is the head of his body, the church. It makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Okay, so it uses the human body, the human anatomy, you know, the body to, to depict how the body of Christ is. Each one of us have been called to do different roles, just like the different parts of your body does different roles. And it is in doing their role that the body is healthy. Every part of the body is needed. And every part of the body of Christ is needed. And just like almost every part of the body is different, you will see a lot of differences in other believers. It doesn't mean we should reject one another. It doesn't mean we should condemn one another. No, it says love. Love is the command. Next, living as children of, of light. With the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life. God gives because they have closed their mind and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of immature, impurity. Sorry, 20. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off. It is your duty to throw off your old sinful nature 
and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Christ has changed you from within. Sin no longer has dominion over you, does not have the power to compel you anymore. You can choose. So now it is your duty to throw it off. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop, te- so stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control, control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, He has identified you as His own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, ash words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Essentially, Paul is just reeling out how we should live towards one another. Okay? And And the watchword, the command, is to love one another. It's as simple as that. Love one another. Hallelujah. All right, so let's move on to Ephesians chapter 5. This one is also continues the advice, living in the light. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Imitate God in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love. You see that? Following the example of Christ, he loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality impurity or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, coerced jokes, these are not, they are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of, the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater worshipping the things of this world. Did you hear that? That is who a greedy person is. An idol worshipper. I know you are not an idol worshipper. Verse 6 says, Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. For the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. 
choice choose to live as people of of light for this light within you produces only what is good and right and true the light okay in you if you would allow the holy spirit lead, lead you it produces only what is good and right and true then carefully determine what pleases the lord take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and evil and darkness instead expose them it is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret but their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them for the light makes everything visible that is why it is said awake o sleeper rise up from the dead and christ and christ will give you light okay so this particular word is quoted but uh, it is not linked to any scripture so oftentimes scholars say that this is a popular saying of that time okay awake o sleepers rise up from the dead and christ will give you light okay so but we can just quote it as ephesians ephesians chapter 5 verse 14 okay so living by the spirit's power so be careful how you live don't live like fools but like those who are wise make the most of every opportunity in these evil days don't act thoughtlessly but understand what the lord the lord wants you to do don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life instead be filled with the with the holy spirit singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to god the father in the name of our lord jesus christ hallelujah what a wonderful way to live next it talks about the spirit guided relationships wives and husband again remember paul's intention is not to put anybody under the law or the, the jewish law okay where it seems as if the woman the woman is disadvantaged the women were now free free from 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 the, from that law and that's how paul said he had chosen to live there's no way paul will be asking them to subject themselves back to the jewish laws okay so it says now remember this is for husband and wife husband and wife not for man and woman and further and further submit to one another out of reverence for christ husband and wife submit to one another out of reverence to christ whether you like it or not the head submits to the hand i don't know why this is an argument when the, the, there's let's say an itch on the nose each on the nose for example the nose does not try to scratch itself or walks towards the door and scratch scratch itself on the door no the nose submits to the hand please scratch me and the hand will do the scratch and it is not a problem <laughs> the nose will not say i'm on, i am in the head I don't, I don't, and you are down there. Don't, don't come in near me. Don't come near me. I know what to do. No, they submit to one another. It is how the body works. Okay, so it is no different in marriage. 
And so Paul says, and for that submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Always remember, out of reverence for Christ. Because you are now husband and wife does not mean your reverence for Christ has disappeared. You are both still submitted to Christ. You are both still children of God. <laughs> this one now that you are married and we look at you and we can't even tell whether you are a Christian anymore because of marriage. For and further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means I'm explaining what verse 21. Eh? I have said that you should submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this is what I mean by both of you submitting to one another. It says, for wives, this means submit to your husband as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husband in everything. Submit to your own husband in everything not out of domination not because the husband is dominating the wife or is she is inferior to him no for the body to walk submit to your own husband so you wife submit to your your husband in everything for husband when i say 21 and further submit to one another out of reverence for christ this is what it means for husbands for husbands, verse 25, this means love your wife. Love your wife. I am telling you, if you love someone, you will submit to them. Do you love your wife? You submit to her actually in a lot of things. When it is time to cook the food, you submit to her. Right? <laughs> submit to one another. The Bible says, for husbands, this means love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church, he gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. It doesn't mean that it means that the husband is perfect. He's trying to describe because Christ is perfect, the church is not perfect. So, it is not trying to describe a situation where the husband is perfect and so the wife must submit to her husband uh, because the husband is perfect. The wife is not. That's not what he's describing. No, that's not what he's describing. Okay? He's not saying that... Um, the analogy is giving us... He's not saying that the husband is like... Is, is Christ who is perfect and glorious and compare him to the church. Okay? The body of Christ. No. He's just using an, an, an analogy as how Christ was willing to, to give up his life for, for the body. He's saying that a husband should be willing, love, what love means here, to be willing to give up his life for his wife. Yes. He says Christ who did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without faults. In the same way, in the same way, husband, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. 
for a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one eats his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church, and we are members of his body. Okay? So, my command, submit to one another. I think there's a specific reason why the command to the man is to love your wife, and the command to the woman is to submit to your husband. And in my opinion, one of the reasons is because what is difficult for the man to do in marriage is to love his wife. So the command is to love her. (laughs) What is difficult for the woman to do is to submit to her husband. So the command here is to submit to her own husband. Okay? It doesn't mean the husband... Submitting to the wife is not difficult to... That is what the Bible is telling you here. Simple. Submitting to the husband is not difficult... Submitting to the wife is not difficult for the husband to do. Essentially, that's what Paul is trying to tell us. Or that the wife loving the husband... It's not difficult for the woman to do. And so the Bible does not tell the wife to love her husband. It doesn't mean that the Bible does not expect her to love him. Right? Yes, even though the command is that she should submit. No, the Bible also expects her to love her husband. However, the command is not to love her husband because that is not what is difficult for her to do. For her, submit to your husband. For the man, for the man, love your wife. So I tell both parties, eh? both of you, love and submit to one another. <laughs> oh God, hallelujah. Let me read it again. And we are members of his body. As the scripture says, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. That's Genesis chapter 2 verse 24. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect respect our husband you see when he was talking about submit 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 there paul explains at the end what he is talking about is respect <laughs> all right let's read Ephesians chapter 6 and then we introduce the book of philippians children and parents children obey your parents because you belong to the lord for this is the right thing to do honor your father and mother this is the first commandment with a promise If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long, a long life. You know, yes, this is written in the book of Exodus. It is the first commandment with the promise. Exodus chapter 20 verse 12 and then Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 16. This is the first commandment with a promise. So if you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth. Father, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them rather bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the lord next he talks about slaves and masters slaves obey your earthly masters with deep respect and fear serve them sincerely as you would serve christ try to please them all the time not just when they are watching you as slaves of christ do the will the will of god with all your heart walk with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember, 
that the Lord will reward each one of us for the good we do, whether we are slaves or free. Okay? So, masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Don't threaten them. Remember, you both have the same master in heaven, and he has no favorites. Next, we talk about the armor of armor of God. This is one very popular verse we all read. A final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in his in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Remember what Paul went through in Ephesians. And so Paul is saying, you see, all of those people and all of their actions, they were being controlled by all of these things. He says our, our real battle is not against human beings, against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty power, in the dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places it says therefore put on every piece of god's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil then after the battle you will still be standing firm and i pray you will be standing firm all true in the name of jesus 14 stand your ground putting on the belt the belt the belts of truth and the body armor of god's righteousness for shoes, put on the peace that comes from, from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of this, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fairy arrows of the, of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers. For all believers everywhere, pray in the Spirit, okay? At all times, he says, 19, and pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. I am in chains now, verse 20, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So, So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. Now let's look at let's look at some of Paul's final greetings. Like I said, um, the book of Ephesians is a bit different here in that Paul does not specifically address specific people that like he does in all his letters. To bring you up to date, Tychicus, we give you a full report about what I am doing and how I am getting along. He is a beloved brother and and faithful helper in the Lord's work. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, to let you know how we are doing and to encourage you. In other words, Tychicus is the one who brings the letter. Uh, Peace be with you, dear brothers and sisters, and may God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you love with faithfulness. May God's grace be eternally upon all who love our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right? Okay, so I guess we'll say amen to that. So that concludes the book of Ephesians, and I'm sure you were mightily blessed like I was. So let's use two minutes to introduce the book of Philippians, and then we'll we'll just round up the 
the book of Ephesians. So, if you read the book of Philippians, there's no, there's no disagreement again that the book of Philippians was written by Paul, okay? Scholars agree. However, there's something to note about the book of, of Philippians. It is heavily, it is fragmented. Like you would have noticed the book of the book of Ephesians is fragmented into two. I hope you paid attention. When we read Ephesians chapter 3, yes, when we concluded chapter 3, it looked as if the letter ended, but then it continued again. Let me quickly flip there. It says, uh, Ephesians chapter 3 verse 21, Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. So it was as if the letter ended there. Okay, so you find that happen very well in the book of Philippians. It it looks like as if it is heavily fragmented. So at a point, scholars felt that the book there were different letters that were put together, but eventually they had to agree that it was more possible that Paul had to stop writing and continued at different times. Okay, and that was the reason why the letter is fragmented like that. But the book of Philippians, it's, it's a super book and it will bless you. It will bless me. So stay tuned tomorrow as we read the book of Philippians. Um, I, trust, I trust God to give us wisdom and understanding. We have read through the book of Ephesians. I have been blessed. The Bible says we should put on the whole armor of God and tells us how to treat one another. And this is very important. You know, it does feel as if in our times... Christians have almost forgotten how to love one another, how to live in this world, how to live in marriage, how to treat one another as husband and wife, treat our children. The book of Ephesians answers that. So pay attention to the word of God. Practice the word of God and God will bless you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, help us to be doers of these words the doers of the instructions we have read we give you all the praise in jesus mighty name we pray amen all right thank you so much for listening today god bless you enjoy your day